0: Yes, I just
1: want to Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Anti-Illuminati Party. Um, I'm Daniel Leach. I'll be your host today. I will be also joined by Eric. Uh, He is a representative of the Courtroom Observations um, Network, Uh, Eric is from Rochester, New York. Uh, He was a member of the Rochester Tea Party. And um, Eric is also currently working with another national um, Internet show. And um, he's on hold right now. So we are currently waiting for him to come and join us on the show. Eric, are you there? Here, Dan, am I coming through okay? Yes, Eric, you are. You sound great, man. Uh thank you for joining us today on the Anti Illuminati Party Round Table broadcast. Um Oh,
0: it's my honor to be here. Daniel, you're one of my favorite anti New World Order Crusaders. I've got to tell your listeners, uh I've I've been in this kind of active freedom activism thing for a while and Daniel has helped me more I think than any Single person that there is out there. So I want to thank you for what you did to help me establish the original organization, which was the Courtroom Observation Network. <clears throat> and that formed out a few years back as a loosely uh, knit group of uh, patriots who stand side by side with each other when we're forced into one of these Nisi Prius uh, statute courts created by statute for statute. And running on statutes in violation of every common law fundamental constitutionally guaranteed principle that this country should be operating on,
1: absolutely, Eric you know um I've been also doing this for quite a while, and i I have to say, um you know out of all my friends back home in Rochester New York, uh you're one of the most enthusiastic people that uh, shows up at events and actually um you know, when When you stand before the um, courtroom or anything like that, you're very, you know what you're talking about. You're not just somebody that shows up angry or somebody that shows up mad and wants to be heard, but you're somebody that has done your research and, you know, it's just uh, pretty good knowing a guy like you who not just talks about it, but actually shows up and does something about, you know, your grievances
0: yeah thanks Daniel for appreciate that compliment it's, it's It's where the rubber meets the road is is courtroom observation or political observation or any type of observation or whatever you want to call it uh, activism showing up getting putting on your shoes and going out and leaving the house and It's not always the most comfortable thing to do to walk into these beast like courts of the antichrist system that we know it is and go in there and you know deal with these 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 you know whatever you want to call them but it's not they're not honest people there's an extre- the, the corruption is is extreme i'll give your i'll give your listeners just a a quick example there's a judge here in the Monroe County Surrogate Court that is appointing administrators over people's estates when a when a person dies with a problem and they have no will or there's a problem with the will the court steps in and the judge appoints an administrator over the, the estate who usually cleans out the estate, charging $200 an hour to drag things out for as long as possible so the lawyers and the judges make all the money. Oh, guess what? The judge that's doing the appointing, he's appointing administrators from a private law firm that he's a senior partner at. Now, that's not only a conflict of interest. That's racketeering and conspiracy. That's the lightest duty. That's the that's the, just the beginning of what's going on. So... People really need to realize the level of the endemic, pandemic corruption that's going on in the local courts. Now, people have a very oh, convenient way of focusing on the tyranny of the federal, which there is, and the tyranny of the state, which there is. But I got news for you, and I've been there to all of them, so I can talk about this. I've been to the federal courthouse in Albany, New York. I've been to the state Supreme Court, where I filmed in Albany, New York. Now, these are the biggest supreme and federal court. This is the center of the beast. And I've been in there, and I've been in the local uh, town and county courts. And I got news for you folks. The tyranny of the local is way worse than the tyranny of the state or the federal right now. The federal courthouse was like a ghost town. There weren't weren't people in there waiting for trials and going in and, you know, state pretty much the same way with quiet down there. There was just a couple people kicking around and 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 it was really almost like a ghost town and I go I go to these I go to the county courthouse in Rochester, <clears throat> seven floors, room after room after room of tyranny, thousands of people a week coming in. Herds by legions, dozens, hundreds every day. You go in there in the morning, there's a line of like forty people waiting to get through security. So my, my thing right now is the tyranny of the local is far worse than the tyranny of the federal. Buy local, fix
1: local. Absolutely. You know, speaking of local in Rochester, um, about a year ago, we started a little organization, a group meeting um, every Tuesday over at the Liberty Restaurant. Uh, If anybody's interested in joining the group over there, there's probably uh, an average of five to ten people that show up. And, you know, they talk about Liberty events, they plan different things like movie nights, um, you know, different things like that. And uh right now it's it's mostly hosted by um my friend Harry Allen. Um there's another a few other people, Sam Art Valerie, um a lot of other, you know, local patriots that if you know at the moment I might be forgetting their names, but um it's a great way to network with like minded people. Again that's uh on on Winton Road across from the top. And um, if you're familiar with the area, it's between Brighton and the city of Rochester. And it's also right next to um, uh, Wegmans near the East Avenue Wegmans. And they usually show up about four thirty, five 5 o'clock and stay until the place closes at around 8. And uh, you can bring your grievances and discuss different topics there. Uh, like I said, it's a great way to network with people. Um, I know, Eric, if you showed up, you'd be more than welcome. You know everybody in the group there anyways. Um, but I just wanted to give those guys a plug. As far as Bernie Weeder. he also does a blog talk radio show. Uh, I'll put a link to that um, also here. But um, anyways, uh, tell us a little bit about what you have going on with the the new courtroom observation network. Um, where yeah, you're working-
0: what we've done... Well, when I kind of when I became familiar when I became aware of the National Liberty Alliance, which is the web presence would be the National Liberty Alliance dot O R G. When I became aware of what they were doing and heard a very in depth interview with the founder of the National Liberty Alliance, and I really I listened to what he said and I'm not w- much one for groups and organizations, but I'll tell you, this one's for real. And so I immediately, you know, took interest in what they were doing. So I called the guy and I said, hey, you know, I'm I'm doing courtroom observations here, and I know you're trying to bring uh, common law back into the courts, where common law back into the courts would be no victim, no crime. The people are above the court. No the more statute laws. If you're, you know, if there's not a victim to your crime, you don't get forced into court at the point of a gun to have half your paycheck stolen. By the court. So I said, you know, I know you guys are trying to bring common law back to the courts. We're doing courtroom observation, um, you know, and he said, oh, that's, that's interesting. He said, boy, that's really fixed with what we're doing. And he said, if you want to come to Albany, we're, we're having a here, there's a matter being heard in state Supreme Court in Albany. This is the big house, folks. And so I said, boy, I, I that would be interesting. So I had the time. I had a few bucks for gas. Car was running well. So I got in that car at, I think, 5 5.45 in the morning as the sun was coming up and drove east into the into Albany. And um, I got to uh, film the proceedings in state Supreme Court. The judge was very kind and polite. I must say the bailiff, the sheriff bailiff, the head bailiff at the Albany uh, Supreme Courthouse was an excellent person. I believe his name was Mr. Flynn. He was a great guy. He helped me out quite a bit to get my camera in there. I did not even have any written letter ahead of time announcing my presence with the camera yet they still let me film. So a professional presence and you know being polite at the door and working with the guys at the front that can usually help you out and get you in with your camera and that's a big deal so anyway, I took the four hour drive to Albany got to meet John derish, who's the president of the national Liberty alliance and we uh we we filmed the matter in the Supreme Court this matter that particularly if people are interested this one involved uh the new york state uh the New york state uh constitution is going to be opened up between 2017 and and 2019, and this is going to be one of the most dangerous times in history for the people of New York, uh, because the political hacks who have basically destroyed all the freedoms, who are violating our freedoms, you never lose your freedoms, they only get violated, Um, they're going to try to open up the New York state, State Constitution, and God knows what they're going to do. So Mr. Robert Schultz, an epic uh, freedom fighter. He was in the movie "Freedom to Fascism" with Aaron by Aaron Russo. He was the man who was uh, taking serving the papers at the courthouse. He was the very well-spoken older gentleman, kind of a Ron Paul type uh, in the movie "Freedom to Fascism." You can see Bob Schultz. Bob Schultz just recently, this past summer, argued at the state supreme court in New York that during this state constitutional convention in New York, there must be delegates to the convention from the community. That means you don't let the guys on the state, the lawyers on the state legislature in Albany who have destroyed us, who have destroyed, you know, we're destroying freedom, destroying business. People are leaving New York state by the hundreds of thousands because of the tyranny and the oppression. You can't let those people be the only delegates to the convention. That kiss everything goodbye. They're going to pull out any references to gun rights and militias, it's all going to collapse at that point. You can kiss your last few freedoms that New York has. Goodbye. So, anyway, um, I got to film that. We got to talk to John Derrish. We connected up. And we just decided that, uh, you know, coming that coming, bringing the Courtroom Observation Network under the umbrella of the National Liberty Alliance would be a great collaboration. So we joined forces. I said, here's all the ideas and all the material and all the people I had with the Courtroom Observation Network – Let's go, and he got it all in, 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 woven into the National Liberty Alliance format. Gave me my own section of the website under Groups. So if you go to the National Liberty Alliance dot org, you put your cursor that blue bar across the top where it gives you your headings. Just put your cursor on the Groups. I think it's over on the right hand side, and then it'll open up. You'll see Courtroom Observers, and click on that, and you'll see the new Courtroom Observers. Of the National Liberty Alliance. So, what was once the courtroom observation network is now being called courtroom observers of the National Liberty Alliance, and and it's it's a perfect collaboration because it gave me a, a bigger platform to do the courtroom observation. It gave him the courtroom observation, uh, you know, mechanism that he needs because the big thing about I mean, it's just it was a perfect fit. So, and that's where we uh, stand at today. Um, we're up and running. It's, we've only been up in a few weeks there, so but we do have the. Welcome letter, we've got some protocols which are suggestions on how to be a good, decent, effective courtroom observer. Wear good clothes. Wear a tie if you have one. That way, and, and carry a pen and paper. Take notes. Film everything. If you write a brief letter to the court uh, not requesting permission because you have the right to film, you just want a respectful command for the court to honor and enforce your right to film the proceedings on public property, the public property of the court comments a nice little extra, because then they know, you know that that court belongs to the people, not to the judge and his corporation. So, you know, we, we got some protocols up there and just a couple other blogs, some incidental things that I printed. And, um, you know, and uh... if people want to go there and get involved, I highly recommend they do. Because if you've been complaining about the government and the oppression and the taxes and the corporate government, you know all the stuff that we know is going on, this is a great way to get involved as an activist. Go down to your court, uh, house, your town court on on traffic court night. That's where you can be the most effective, and you'll see more people there than any federal or state court you'll ever go to. And go out there with some business cards and looking good, and start networking with people. Say, here, you get up. I know you're going to have half your paycheck taken tonight. Uh, you know, here, join us at the National Liberty Alliance, and, and we we have solutions. There's a there's a document that I have printed on the courtroom observers uh, bulletin board called info flyer as an as an in information info flyer for distribution at town and county courthouse and that explain it's a great way a great uh, one page uh, kind of a letter to hand to Joe Sixpack at the courthouse and kind of get people realizing that uh it's a corporate court now uh it's out of its constitutional jurisdiction over you the only thing they have against you is your fear and the force they put on you you can fight this legitimately nonviolently by you know getting involved with the National Liberty Alliance and becoming a courtroom observer and uh, and and make an immediate pact with all your buddies and cousins and family that if any of you have to go to court, you're all going to go together. You can get eight or ten people just with your friends, coworkers, guys on the construction crew, person you know, your girlfriend, whoever, and 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 your parents. And right there, you've got a dozen people. They're all going to go in with cameras and film even the smallest offense. Even if they just get a ticket, you want to fight it. You don't take a plea. Take everything to trial, insist on a jury trial, and take it from there. So, And I found that you can go to the court with common law on your side, with the perfect common law Perry Mason case, all the T's crossed, all the I's down it, and you can be in the right, and the court will still rule against you because they're that corrupt. You need to have public pressure, courtroom observers. It's the only thing that makes the beast twitch is the eye of the, of the public. So that's why courtroom observers are your last bastion. It's your last line of defense. It's your main line of defense. It's the real. It's it's the teeth and it's the insurance of the of everything else. You can file all the paperwork you want, but a lot of courts don't even care. They'll just break their own laws, their own rules. They'll break the Constitution. They'll defy everything that's that's right, and 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 oppress people. So you've got to got to carry the weight of the the power of the people always always wins in the end. So I'll yield back to you, Daniel.
1: Well, I just uh, want to say that's pretty awesome stuff. And um, let's, I just want to give a, some of the people a little history on courtroom observers and that. Um, and, you know, I want to give some props to a local radio show host that we used to have on 1310 AM out of Brockport. Oh,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: His name is Mike Deming. He did a, a show called, uh, I believe it was the Patriot, Patriot Show and it was uh, broadcast through Rochester, New York as well. Um, originally, I, I was calling in to get some attention and try to bring some people to uh, a lady that was in trouble. She called me the website. She was having some issues with her son being abused, and uh, so she wanted some people to help her, and that's why we made a call out to Mike Deming's show, and uh, we got some people Eric was called and uh, together we kind of came up with this idea to come up with your website there and, and it's been pretty good man we've i think uh we've had a couple cases local rochester got together and you we went to some cases and i tell you that case went out pretty well for martha you know she she was able to keep custody of her son um you know the abuse was stopped and um look recently you had uh a case with um Tim, Tim Saint Martin and uh, a bunch of people showed up for that and um I don't know what the outcome was. But... Well that was very
0: interesting. That showed the power of the Court of Observers because that case which I believe was the Around Court New York case. Um we there was oh maybe fifteen court of Observers there. It was a pretty good crowd. We we had half the courtroom full of observers just for his case. And uh the outcome was that the trooper didn't show up so we were forced to dismiss it, and then as we walked out of the courtroom, all 15 of us were standing in a circle on the front in the front steps, and oh, all of a sudden the trooper comes pulling in, just as the proceedings ended, <laughs> conveniently late, but they got the call from the DA, okay, they're gone now, come on in and drop off the final paperwork for that case. And that was, and it got hey, dismissed, because the cops don't want 15 people from the public all uh, watching, you know, his corruption and all this uh incorporated garbage, when they give you a ticket on the road, that's a contract. That's not a. That's nothing. This is all out of constitutional jurisdiction for, for them to be handing out uh, code violations to people who are traveling. And if people out there listening look into the Supreme Court decisions, I think it's called the Thompson decision, but I'm not sure. I don't have my notes in front of me. But it, it says that only people who are uh, driving commercially, engaged in commerce, are required to get licensed and permitted to do that. The average person who is quote, traveling for family purposes, going to get food for the store, you know, driving to your friend's house, you don't have to have a license for that. But they put that on us, and as long as the police are willing to enforce it and the judges go along with it, well, we're stuck. None of the lawyers are going to speak out against it because they're all part of the bar, and you have to be a lawyer to be a judge. So they're all together in this. There's a giant collusion. It really is truly a conspiracy between the prosecutors, the police, the judges, and the lawyers, which are one and the same, to to continue this admiralty-type law of, you know, your car doesn't have the right sticker, your paperwork isn't in order, that date isn't right on that card there. I mean, all this absurd, you know, pay rent on the house that you own, no mortgage, they're going to charge you and call it property taxes? My Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, I believe, says, uh it's either Article 1, Section 8 or Article 1, Section 9, Clause 4, You've got to look that up. But uh, it says no direct tax shall be laid. And property taxes are a direct tax. It's indisputable. And that's why many people who are resisting property taxes are not having their houses seized. They're just having liens placed against their property. So at least they're not being kicked out in the streets. We're having victories. We're, we're It's going to be a long battle for freedom, Daniel. You know that. But people get, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. We had a Great victory here in New York, including what the people in uh, New York City did what I was doing. We got together and we started putting the heat on the courts and bringing up decisions that they had expunged from LexisNexis, the main law that legal and case precedent data bank didn't even have these cases in there. They took them out. You've got to have a lot of power. This is Vatican-level power that would be able to remove uh, federal case precedents from a major from the world class world leading legal database. And so we and so and they were cases regarding federal cases, federal decisions from the Ninth Circuit Court in the uh case of um Fordyce versus the city of Seattle and then in the eleventh circuit court, Smith versus the City of Cumming. That, and then they both said almost the identical thing. I love the second one better, but the first one said the First Amendment protects the right to film matters of public interest on public property, which is any court case. Uh, and the second, you know, unless you're talking about a rape case or something like that, obviously there's going to be cases where you want privacy, and yeah, we're not talking about that. But, uh, and then the other case from 2000 was uh, the First Amendment, this is the good one, the First Amendment protects the right to film matters of public interest on public property. And specifically, oh, I'm sorry, it said it said, it said said this, it said the public has the right to film, the First Amendment protects the right to film what public, it said, uh, yeah, I have specifically a right to film what public officials do on public property. So that really nailed it down to, hey, you've got every right to film that judge if he's in the court, if he's in public court, doesn't matter. You don't have to ask permission, but they do require you write a letter ahead of time. So you call and you just say, I respectfully command... You don't request, you respectfully command that they honor and enforce your right to film matters of uh, public proceeds, matters of public interest, not public property. And then you just list those two cases, and that's your end.
1: (laughs) Well, last year, you remember the girl that uh, was arrested? She was an activist. She's pretty famous in Rochester. Um, Yes,
0: Emily Good was her name. Her name was Emily Good, and she was arrested for, are you talking about the Emily Good case, Daniel?
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Can you,
0: yeah, she can was. You uh, I'll give you. Like? I'll, you, want, you want me to give your listeners a brief history on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, because that was a case that came out pretty awesome for her.
0: Yes, yeah, good. good. Um, she, and I, actually, I don't know exactly what the final settlement was. You can chime in on that at the end, but I'll give you the history. What happened to people was uh, a woman named Emily Good, young lady, you know, maybe mid 20s. Living in the city of Rochester, she about eleven thirty at night. She's in her pajamas, and she hears a bunch of commotion out in the street in front of her house. Kind of a semi-busy, you know, side street, but it gets a decent amount of traffic. And she goes out, and there's a there's a bunch of cops out there from the Rochester Police Corporation, and they're hassling. They got a, well, a uh, they got a car pulled over. I think it was a white two door, and they had the young young black guy out there out and they were and they were screaming at him, Where's the drugs? Where's the drugs? And he said, I don't have any. Go through, search my car. Go ahead, look, take a look. You can't and search the car. They searched the car, found nothing. And they're still pushing him around and screaming at him, Where's the drugs? Where's the drugs? Where's the drugs? After they ra- railed his car, searched him, you know, and they just they wouldn't let it go. So and the kid didn't resist. He was standing there. So Emily Good came out with her camera dun, 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 and started <laughs> filming from her from her front lawn not anywhere near the police, nowhere near them. They were out in the street in front of her. She had to be 40 feet to 50 feet or more away from them, maybe 70 feet. Between 50, I would say the front lawn and the sidewalk and, and the front because she hadn't really gone far into the lawn. She was more or less just at the edge of her doorstep, that starts the grass between fifty and a hundred feet from the from the from the scene, filming it, and the cops come over and threaten to arrest her. She says, "I'm not putting my camera away. I'm on private property filming this, and I'm not interfering with your go- administration of governmental um with your governmental administration." And they said, "Oh, we're going to arrest you anyway." And a big mistake because it went viral. And, and of course, the local prostitutes in the prostitute media didn't have jack. To say about it they just we're going to let it go don't even see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil now imagine how much of this is going on that they we're not being heard about because people like Emily Good aren't filming it so anyway it finally hit YouTube, got left the internet coming back on them and uh... went viral I think it was two million views in two days or something, it was one of the most viewed videos ever and she made right. it to coast to coast with George Norrie or Ian Pundit, I think, was on at the time. Uh, you know, CNN, Fox, area, were RT, Russia Today. Everybody, the whole world was talking about this case. So um, she went to, uh, and her arraignment, the courthouse was overflowing with courtroom observers. I mean, it was a mob scene. Um, there were people from the left. There were people from the right. There was <laughs> not as many people from the right as I would have liked to see because the right, the people on the right boy. They only come out when the save act gets passed or their gun rights are being violated. They will not come out and help anybody who's getting trampled by the police. They're a bunch of bootlickers who think that cops can do no wrong. But, boy, you know, and so I didn't see enough people from the uh, kind of arts side of the thing, but all of the, you know, the people, the anti-war protesters and the more people that would you were traditionally say were from the left were there because they're against the police state, too. And now all the guys on the right and all the neocons are against the police state because all of New York gun laws, oh, now they got a problem with the system. All of a sudden, everybody's waking up now. Anyway, Emily Good case mobbed with court of observers, extra security, all these extra marshals and counter play plainclothes cops around the giant. I mean, they must have thought there was going to be a revolution take place. They might as well behave. They were just standing in the courtroom staring at the – waiting for the judge to come out. And the first thing he said was, I understand we have a petition to film these proceedings, because, of course, everybody in the world wanted to set up their camera, including right. a, current affa- a current affair and inside efficient and all these, you know, wor- worldwide programs, TV programs. And right. so anyway uh, – with a, quivering voice, with, a, with a quivering voice, the district attorney, they send in some young kid, of course, that had DA, that is the biggest case since, since you know, since in a long time. And they send in one of their, you know, junior, you know, somebody a quivering voice, this kid basically out of diapers gets up and says, Your Honor, the state does not wish to pursue this matter. And everybody cheered and went out. So we get out in the lobby, Daniel. And I think this was probably one of the most important things about this whole thing. Not one reporter, and they were everywhere. Once they get out in the lobby, the you know, cameras were there, and all the local TV and radio, everybody was there. All the big faces and names that you recognize. And not one of, not a one of them asked Emily Good if she was going to pursue a First Amendment lawsuit or any kind of lawsuit, any type of recourse. Here's where how the questions went from every single reporter. Ms. Good, can you tell us uh, what you're going to do to put things to- back together with the police now? This Good, can you tell us how you're going to do, what are you going to do to move things forward with the community and make the relations better with the It's not up there to make things better with the police. It's up for them to compensate her with about a million dollars from a lawsuit. So I had to chime in just to diatribe and say, excuse me, Ms. Good, do you plan on filing a First Amendment lawsuit against the RPB? And uh she said, Yes, I, I, I do plan on doing that. And that made the news, it had to, because she said it. If an alternative reporter hadn't been there asking that question, it would that would have never made the news that she was even contemplating suing, which she had ever right a to do. And Daniel, what was the outcome of that? Did she get her million or what did she get what happened there?
1: You know, I'm not sure yet, but um we yeah. have about one we got about one minute left to go. And uh, can you just share what you have planned for the courtroom observations in the next near future here?
0: Well, right now I'm trying to get as many. This is why I, I appreciate you having me on your show, Daniel. I'm trying to get as many people involved with as, with courtroom observation as possible for people who absolutely can't get out to the court. You don't have a car and nobody to drive you there, or you're 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 you can't leave your house. You're sick or something. Maybe you have health issues. Understandable. Get involved with the National Liberty Alliance, because we're together now. The Quorum Observers is a part of the NLA, the National Liberty Alliance, dot O-R-G. So I would uh, just encourage people to get involved. We need people right now. We don't need listeners. We need listeners and doers. Don't forget, the Bible says, be not just a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. Psalms ninety-four sixteen says, who will rise up for me against the evildoers who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? I'd like all your okay. listeners to say, "I will." I like your listeners to say, "I will," and get involved.
1: We are out of time, buddy. I appreciate you, you calling in. Man. It's quite awesome. Thank um, you. Give, give me a call after the show's over, man. I can talk to you. We'll do, it, my friend. Thank you,
0: everybody. All
1: right. God bless, buddy. Bye bye. You too. Uh, go ahead, Mr.